show, why don't you whet the appetites of our listeners with a juicy intro? Oh, alright. I was about to. Uh, welcome to another scintillating episode of It's Almost the Weekend pod at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. Start, starting with an ad. I like that. That's yeah, um, yeah. very entrepreneurial of you. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. It's, uh, we got to get more emails. It's been a while between, between text messages from our fans. Yeah. You guys leaving us on red. I mean, yeah, they sound like, sounds like they are, which is disappointing. <laughs> um, yeah. US contingency, get at us. Tell us about those New York floods. Zeus, the new, Zeus the is New also York pissed off. Floods. I haven't heard of these. Yeah. There's like crazy flooding happening right now in New York city. Oh my god! Um, yeah, there's like videos of people on the subway just with like water gushing through the walls. Oh, I have seen that. I didn't realize yeah. that was in New York. My word! I think that's New York. Maybe I'm uh, maybe I'm wrong. We we come here to deliver you ads yeah. and correct <laughs> and information. Incorrect news, yeah. <laughs> probably probably somewhat incorrect information. It comes from a place of love, though. That's so you know. Yeah, that's right. As long as it's said by you, I'm on board. Oh, that's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> that's how Hitler happened. Oh, my gosh. I'm good. I'm real okay. good, Joe. Thank you for that's asking. Good. I was going to say we're coming at y'all real fresh this morning because it just clicked over to daylight savings time in, oh. in the state we live in. Yeah. So, so this is like it's almost the weekend sunrise edition. Truly. Um, so things things are gonna be a bit crispy off this flaky tongue, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, but no, I've been good, Joe. I've been uh, playing a couple of games, seeing a couple of people. This is uh, your pilot speaking. Yeah, the vocal uh, fry basting <laughs> you in vocal fry this morning. <laughs> um, look, I gotta I gotta go and retcon oh. that uh, Rogue Legacy two spiel. Um, Rogue Legacy 2 is really good. Yeah, you know, I had a feeling I, you'd come around. I, I arrived last week and I'd only played a couple of hours and I was all, this is average, maybe above average because, you know, the core of Rogue Legacy is pretty great. Yeah. But, but it wasn't fresh. And uh, I would, uh, I'm pleased to say that I was wrong. Rogue mm. Legacy 2 is really fun and it is really fresh. They've, uh, they've gone bonkers with that uh trait system so so in in original rogue legacy and in this one you like uh the way the the rogue uh light aspect works is when you die you choose an air and then you play as the air and generally the air is a, a bunch of different classes and they've also gone bonkers on the classes. You know, the first Rogue Legacy had like, I don't know, four classes. There's like 10 and there's, they, they, they're whack. They're all whack. There's a boxer. You can get in there yeah, right. with your boxing gloves. Very fun. Uh, anyway, you choose, a, you choose a, an, an heir to your legacy to, to do the next run. And there's like a randomized trait system. So they might, um, they might have like a vampirism trait where they take more damage, but they leech damage back as health. Oh yeah, uh, and and they've just gone wild. So like, I I beat the first boss, and I had 
um, a Puritan trait, and it meant that all the enemies were uh, pixelated, so I couldn't see them. And they've just gone really imaginative with all these traits. So there's like, um, I played a dude who had panic attacks. So when he got hit, the screen goes black. <laughs> you like, oh my God. You can't see anything. I played, um, oh my God. I played, a uh, uh, a girl, I think, who had chronic fatigue and... Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> and, and everything had cooldown. So, yeah, like, right. swinging your weapon had cooldown, casting your spells had cooldown, and I was like, oh, that's hilarious. But, yeah, uh, yeah. Very real. <laughs> so too close to home. <laughs> yeah, too close to home. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, there's just... The traits are unending. I reckon I've got a solid 10 to 15 hours now. Yeah, still right. still seeing new traits uh and they're all they're all firmly grounded in reality you know like there's some neurological disorders uh or i mean i wouldn't call maybe i wouldn't call this a disorder but there's like synesthesia and oh, yeah. and it means everything that moves leaves a trail of colors behind mm. so if you go into a big room that has all these enemies there's just like a million rainbows flowing across the screen because Whoa. like everything that moves leaves a trail of colors. And um, obviously that's quite hectic, right? So the way they balance this is if you take a trait that really impacts your ability to play. So that panic attack trait is a big one. Um, you get a gold bonus based on the severity of the trait and then gold then feeds back into your ability to like upgrade your character's stats. Um, right, right, right. It's very nifty, very fun, and just plenty, plenty of that good old rogue esque variety. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. It seems like the spice of life with those games is like there's their core, you know, roguey vibes that they put forth, and then layered on top, there's all of this like, yeah, traits and relics and, mm. you know, that designery element that goes, that, that sort of sits on top, which is always a fun time. Yeah, yeah, and they've they've got a really good system for the relics. How they how they handle it is you have um, uh, a resolution stat. Is that right? It's something like resolution. It's it's mm. uh, it's. I think it's a synonym for determination, but I can't remember. Resolve. It's resolve. resolve. And um, basically, let's say you start at one hundred and seventy five percent resolve. Mm. Um, you find an artifact and, you know, it's, it's like the classic roguelike choose between this artifact or that one. And depending on how good the artifact is, it, it takes away from your resolve to, to wield the artifact. Oh, wow. And, and when you start dropping below a hundred percent resolve, you lose your max health. So it's this great oh. kind of balancing of choosing unique boons versus like how much health you can get away with. And uh, if you if you go to zero resolve, you've just got one health, and you're oh just like, yeah, you're just running around hoping for the best. Um, but yeah, that that system I thought was was pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. That reminds me of um, at work right now. We've got this. Uh, we've got two different uh, systems, but one of them is this spreadsheet for um, estimating the amount of time every single programming task that we foresee in the game to take, how long it will oh, take. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's got this, like, counter on it, which is, a uh, oh, what is it? It's, um, 
oh man, I can't remember what it is. It's like a, it's like a factor. Um, it's basically how, uh, oh, that's right. If the number is a hundred, it means that we're sort of, you know, exactly estimating how long each task will take. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yep, so yep, like yep. the estimates are, uh, good for the amount of time that we have left. Um, if it goes over a hundred, it means that we're like over, uh, I mean that we've got like more time to play with than we expected. If it's under a hundred, it means that like, it's like a, oh God, I wish I could remember the damn name of the factor. God damn. <laughs> but there's all of these like other modifiers that can change that stat. So like, even though we've got all the estimates in there, there's like, it, it's like a pessimism factor. And it's like that number determines like how wrong all of the um, estimates could potentially be. So if it's right. one. If it's one, then the estimates basically correct. If it's one point two, then the estimates are like a little bit wrong. You know, like there's like yeah, point yeah. two of a sway of how wrong it could be. Wow, that's so really that, that's really cool. But yeah. uh, my god, you guys are such a bunch of nerds. Oh, you got it's so nerdy, dude. You got all these staff members making a video game, and they've gamified the, the project yeah. management aspect yeah. of making a video game. That's like nerdception. Yeah, yeah. One of the programmers, Geordie, who is an absolute god, and he um, he does a lot of tools stuff for Unreal, and oh, he's yeah. made this button um, which uses like it cross references a spreadsheet, but it also uses a bunch of other math to determine um, how long it will take to do all of the animation sequences in the game, like all of the cinematics. Oh yeah. And the name of the button is the animator uh, animator morale report. <laughs> 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 that's beautiful yeah um, oh my god so, um, um sorry just a, just a heads up my my tummy is our special third guest in this podcast i ate a lot of blue cheese yesterday so just <laughs> just fair warning it's early in the morning i got a blue cheese hangover and my stomach wants to say it's peace yeah right okay hello darian stomach welcome to the pod <laughs> I'm glad you brought your topic <laughs> oh dear but yeah so yeah rogue legacy 2 for me and man i'm just still trying to beat those like final bosses on ascension 20 and slay the spire it's fucking yeah. difficult yeah um but yeah that that's me how about you dude how you been what have you been playing oh, man i've been pretty good um just enjoying the long weekend at friday mm. because of the grand final mm. in this country the whole uh oh actually it's just victoria victoria gets the day off um yeah 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 um, but the we, states. we had a non-victorian state uh having having a big input in in this year's footy grand final because uh brisbane which is the capital of queensland they uh they made the granny as we like to call it mm. and so yeah it's it's cool it's cool when um uh teams outside of victoria uh, have a big stake because it's Australia's national sport, but it is very uh, like it's centered in Victoria. There are very few teams mm. outside of Victoria that that really have anything to say. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, uh, I I was in an Uber the other night, and the dude was like, "Is the public holiday in everywhere, like all of Australia tomorrow?" And I was mm. like, yeah, "I actually don't know. I'm not mm. sure." No, it's um, only Nick. It's only Victoria, yeah, after looking it up. Uh, so, yeah, that was pretty nice. Went out to see a movie with yourself and Phoebe Redacted. Um, oh, yeah, we saw The Thing. Saw The Thing, and man, that movie. 
pretty good. <laughs> it's oh, pretty man. damn good. That movie fucks. Yeah, yeah it really does. Um, yeah. yeah. So that was pretty cool. They had they like really outdid themselves at the Thornbury Picture House. That's just like got a little ticket stub thing, which they really didn't need to give you, but they did. And then you got a print mm. with the pre-order ticket. And uh, yeah, it's pretty special. Yeah. If you're if you're ever in Melbourne, y'all, uh, Thornbury Picture House is the best cinema in Melbourne. And they <laughs> love movies. They love movies so yeah. much. And uh, the movies they choose to present or show just the best they've got they've got great taste mm, mm. um so yeah that was pretty cool and then i just sort of had a big rest day on the on the friday mm-hmm. did a lot of sleeping a lot of playing video games i played a bunch of that cyberpunk oh seventy-seven. all right yeah. contentious game on this podcast <laughs> uh how's it how's it tracking for you it's been real good uh, I gotta say the DLC Phantom Liberty that they put out is mm-hmm. really, really good. Like I wish mm-hmm. they had have just led with that. Um, right. it seems like, like it feels like cyberpunk, you know, all of the stuff that I've played in 7077 base game, 2077 base game is like fine. You know, it's good, good gameplay now that they fixed a lot of bunches, a bunch of the systems and like all the bugs, well, most of the bugs seem to be pretty well ironed out. Yeah. Um. The, the stories that are in there are good, but nothing yeah. like really jumps out at you after that first mission, the heist with with Jackie. Mm-hmm. Um. As as specifically a cyberpunk themed story, it's all just kind of set in this really odd version of Night City, um, which is they kind of missed the exploration boat when it comes to like the way Elden Ring does exploration or Tears of the Kingdom or Breath of the Wild or whatever. Like, it feels like they didn't really take any notes from those open-worldy games. Right. Um, and so, yeah, it's and also just, like, the vibe of the city is extremely strange. But anyway, the Fa- Phantom Liberty is excellent. Like, they just kick, they kick it off with, like, the most amazing few little missions that you do. Um like they they full ham it up as well. It's like you've got to save the president, you know. Like it's that level of ham, <laughs> right. and I love right. that. You know, to me, that's like if you put if you manage to like jam cyberpunk into that story, then you're doing well. And I think they succeeded, which is amazing. Yeah, cool. Um, so yeah, there's hackers. There's like the president. There's like uh, um, like yeah, what would you call it? A, a separatist group who like basically made their own side community in Night City called Dogtown. Oh. Which oh, is like sick. in an old stadium. They've like you know turned it into like a, a metropolis with like shops and its own government and a ruler who's like separate to Night City, but he's still in Night City. Right. Um, That's like um Christiania in Denmark. Oh right, I don't know about that. Yeah, yeah. When I was in Copenhagen, I, I visited Christiania, and it's just like this like cordoned off community in the middle of Copenhagen that like. Yeah doesn't follow any of the laws of denmark it's really interesting i reckon that's where the world's headed (laughs) a sidebar uh yeah i reckon that's where we're going yeah communities split off that are self-governed anyway um (laughs) prepare for a lot of cults i think i think we're gonna return to the age of cults yeah but we look i think there's some kind of evolutionary desire in all of us to go the route of mad max yeah there's some end game happening 
that we're in the early game of, which, uh, yeah, I think it can either go the route of Mad Max or it's going to go the route of... I mean, there's like separate separate cults in Mad Max as well, you know, like the bullet people and the oil oh, sure. people. And, yeah, they got their yeah. own vibes. <laughs> yeah, sort the, of... like the bog witches or whatever, you know, they, they go through the bogs and there are those people just oh, out yeah. there just bogging just it up. standing around, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just bogging it up. I wish to be one with the bog. <laughs> yeah, when's the uh, Mad Max next-gen game coming with that haptic yeah. bog feedback? <laughs> haptic bog feedback. <laughs> That's the episode title. Screw the topic. <laughs> haptic bog feedback is very good. Um, but yeah, no, Cyberpunk has been a treat uh, ever since I started the DLC. It's just been like, wow, this game is very different to the core experience. I mean, it's still the same game. You're still doing the same shit, you know, but it's just mm. the, the the story that they put you in and the, the sorts of stuff that you're doing in the missions feels way more thought out and like uh, an evolution on that, that base formula. Mm, that's sick. And this is free, right? This is uh, like... No, no, it's not free. Oh, the, okay. The, the 2.0 update was free. So like all of the revised car combat and like cop system and skill mm -hmm. tree system is all free. But right. the actual Phantom Liberty story DLC is like... It's like how they did Blood and Wine, you know. You right, this, sure. Yeah, you know, this story. Right. So, are you expecting this to be like a pretty hefty piece of content? Yeah, it's definitely shaping up to be quite hefty. Um, mm. I don't know how long it's supposed to be, but I'm probably I'm just going to go along for the ride and see what happens. Hell yeah. Um, I've also been playing some of that the blah, 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 game. Wait, so the game for the month is. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I haven't listened to the episode yet. Did, did we decide that it was it uh, is, Shadow of the Colossus? I meant to do like a public service announcement at the start, just in case ah. y'all didn't get to the end of the last episode, which totally understand. Um, we initially decided our game club game was going to be Lawnmower Simulator, okay. and we have since transitioned to Shadow of the Colossus Remaster. I did put a, a, a little recording at the end of the last episode just to nice. to have that. But yeah, seeing, seeing as we're relatively early in this episode, it is not Lawnmower Simulator for October. It is Shadow of the Colossus. Yep. So like this time last week, we like did the recording or it was around this time. And then um, we were like, oh, damn, we got Lawnmower Simulator. Uh, <laughs> and I played it for about two hours. And um, boy, howdy, that game <laughs> sucks. <laughs> Not I a good did. game. I, I did last week in the recording. I read out some of the texts that you sent me because they were just... <laughs> I got to listen to it. They were just too good. Too good. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, maybe I should send you some of the audio because like I was recording, I was using this new note taking software that was like stream of consciousness as I'm playing the game. I was like saying stuff out loud. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And the recordings are pretty unhinged. <laughs> yeah, sweet. Um, but yeah, that, that game, I feel like that the simulator genre can like sink or swim on how Zen some of the stuff is especially if you're going for like an experiential simulator where it's like you know power wash simulator the sound of the water running down the side of the big dirty car that you're washing you know that's that audio is like pretty primo yeah and like, you know as you change nozzles the audio changes like there's a little pop as the nozzle changes and then the audio of the water splashing against the dirty metal is is different that stuff <laughs> is kind of that's kind of juicy to me yeah um, 
Whereas I, Lawnmower Simulator had such potential. It had such potential. <laughs> Being out I, there on that green grassy plains, mowing a lawn, <laughs> has such potential. But squandered. Yeah, I really love your term experiential simulator because uh we're gonna we're gonna go deep into simulation a bit later on and uh i coined it task specific simulators but i think experiential is is a little a little uh more eloquent yeah i I just think like um in those games where like the the core of the enjoyment that you kind of that inspired the idea or at least to me it seems as though that would be the thing that inspires the idea you know like w- mm-hmm. watching the power washer glide over the surface of the dirty land mm. and seeing the water run down that's that's the juice that's why i watch those videos hearing hearing you describe it again every now and again you just slip into the asmr where you're just <laughs> describing something nice and i'm like yeah Go on. <laughs> keep going keep going <laughs> i'm enjoying this for some reason yeah uh, <laughs> um that that vibe is uh is what that those games should float on mm. and um yeah lawnmower simulator just stumbles at the at the block you know like mm. they just completely so like i guess i'll get into a little bit about it because I feel like I owe the listener as much. Um, oh, totally. And like, this is what you've been playing this week. This is yeah. part of the course. <laughs> part of the course, baby. Um, so you boot it up and it's like, they throw about 50 ads in your face for the DLC. Um, mm-hmm. Even though the one that comes on the PlayStation, I'm pretty sure includes the DLC, the Dino, <laughs> Dino DLC. Great. Um, so you, you get ads just off the block and... Uh, <laughs> And then you have to like make your mower man. And oh, pick, character pick, creator. Yeah, he doesn't have. I mean, they don't have uh, blah, 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 like different, um, you know, sliders. It's just like pick your guy or your gal. Right. It's like okay. Ten guys and a gal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the token, the token non-mask. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It disappointed me. There was only one guy with a hefty mustache. And I was like, where's all of the mustached mower men? Like, I feel like that's, that should have been 50% of them at least. Um, so I picked the one guy with a mustache and made, gave him a pink shirt with like bright green logo. And you get to like pick a logo. It's like, it's pretty dumb. You know, this is all stuff that you don't even see when you're playing the game, really. Oh, sure, sure. Um, and then you like... It gets you to like learn how to drive the mower in like a little safe zone where you can make mistakes and stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and you choose your mower. There's like four to pick from. They got different types. You know, there's like ones that spit the clippings on the ground, ones that spit it into like a little hopper, and another one that like churns the clippings so bad that there is no clippings. Oh my god, this is exactly what I wanted. I love that we changed game club games and I'm still getting the game club episode experience. This is oh, amazing. Good. Great. Great. Um, so <laughs> Tell yeah, me more you, about the clippings. Joe. Yeah. The, the clippings are so pointless. Anyway, you, you choose <laughs> regardless of how pointless it is. Um, and then you also pick a, a edge trimmer. What do they call it? Yeah. Like a whippersnipper. We call them whippersnippers here, but I think they're just called edges or edge trimmers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as you go, you pick, you're supposed to, oh man, what would be great is if there was like a variety of different lawns for you to choose for your first lawn, you know, like you could choose like 
This one is like kind of small, a small lawn as your first one. And then <laughs> a, sh- if you a want, small lawn. A small lawn. <laughs> it's really, it's really got its tendrils into you, has it? Yeah, I've lost it, dude. I'm, st- <laughs> I'm having, I thought I'd left it behind me, but it really has left deep Im- imprints on my psyche. Um, yeah. So you, you, you're forced to pick your first lawn, which is big. You know, it's like 45 minutes of lawn mowing. Wow. Um, it really, and that's what's so good about um, Power Wash Simulator is there's a bunch to choose from. If you want to do like a little car or a mm. bike, mm. or you can do the side of a rocket ship, you know, like you don't have to do the big boy. You kind of get right. to pick. Right. Yeah. From memory, Power Wash Simulator has this mobile phone system where you get texted yeah. for different jobs and then you choose the jobs. But this sounds like it's just kind of a level thing where you do level one and then level two. Yeah, I mean, after you do the first couple of lawns, a few more open up to you, but mm-hmm. it's really like, it took me two hours to do two lawns and <laughs> I had no desire to do any of the, you know, selection after that because they looked bigger and more challenging. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and all the, the, the mowers are all ride-ons, I should say. There's no like push mowers. Right. So limited variety in, in mowing implements. I mean, there's quite a few mowers to buy once you get enough money, but we'll get to that later. No um, scythe? No scythe? Like, what's no the scythe. deal? Yeah, no scythe. That would be cool. Again, <laughs> they're stumbling at the sort of idea of what it is to be mowing a lawn. Um, there are, you know, there's, like, videos on the internet of people, like, you know, mowing lawns for free for, like, their content, you know? Like, they oh, go yeah. and do a good deed, but they make money off of the ad rev, and, you know, it's mm-hmm. everyone wins. Mm-hmm. Um, and those videos are so cool because, like, you get to see them, like, chop away all of the guff from the side of the pa- uh, pavement that's built up over the years. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And then they clean it with their power washer and then they mow the lawn and it looks glorious. Mm-hmm. It's like a new house. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is, like, the, the lawn... You, okay, okay, so you rock up to the house. The first thing you are tasked with doing is removing stray objects from the lawn. There's, like, a, a, a gnome or like a toy on the floor and you got to go and pick up four of them. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which is just basically like find the hidden object uh-huh. um, so that you don't damage your mower as you drive over it. Oh, I see. So this is not like a points based system where like you're rated on the happiness of your client or something like that. You're, you're out there to protect your blades. <laughs> there is that as well because, uh, there's sort of like a, a satisfaction that can lower the amount that you get paid. It's all about how much you get paid in the end. Right. Okay. Um, so yeah, you, you free the lawn of its toy trappings and then you jump on your mower and drive around, but the lawn is already pretty well kept, you know, it's just like <laughs> all one height. There's no, like, you know, it hasn't overgrown. It's just a lawn. It doesn't even look that bad. like I sent you a picture of the before and you were like, yeah, I mean, it looks like it needs to be mowed, but, it's neat. It's all one color. It's anyway. Yeah. yeah. No, it, it does does look very neat. If if that were my lawn, I would not be hiring a mower. I would just be letting it grow a little bit. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so you 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 do the thing and like the problem the problems start cropping up here because you're like, okay, I want to drive in nice straight lines and and you know, do that sort of lined uh, rows of lawnmower stuff. Oh, sure. Like you see on the sports fields or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of my ideal satisfier meter, you know, Mm, for like, mm -hmm. I want to do that. But there's Mm -hmm. no way for you to do that because like (laughs) just controlling this ride on mower is maddening. 
it's so sensitive <laughs> and it's impossible to know you know what angle you're driving at like if they had like a little compass down the bottom that like gave you a readout on how you know north you were facing you know mm-hmm. in like a degree that would be great because then i could be like all right i'm going 100 percent north just gotta follow this line um, <laughs> but no you just left to your own devices and like inevitably you fuck up and then you know the lines are ruined forever Right, because that's that's quite a stark contrast to Power Wash Sim, where there's really no rhyme or reason. You know, like yeah. you're you're just changing grime to clean. There's no yeah. there's no patterning to speak of. Yeah, I mean, you get to make your own patterning. You're like, I'm gonna do all of the bottom skirtings of this house first, and that's kind mm. of like how you set, what you set your mind to. Whereas this is just like mow the lawn, off you go. <laughs> Try not to leave any patches i guess um <laughs> but what's good in power simulator simulator is when there's patches i mean this system exists in lawnmower simulator as well but you can like press a button and it like highlights the patches that you've missed right okay they call it provision <laughs> <laughs> uh Geralt is rolling in his grave yeah anyway so you do the, the lawn you think you've done everything you look at the stats screen and you're like you realize that they're looking for like a 97 percent clear rate on how much lawn has been mowed mm-hmm. um and you're at like 90 and you're like what the fuck i can't see any bits but you realize that there's like tiny bits behind some of the features that you've missed mm. you get Directing. out your edge trimmer and boy howdy that experience sucks big <laughs> Do you reckon that's like a uh, a feature they'd put on the back of the box? You know, oh. like you'll have to swap to the edge trimmer towards the end of your session for ultimate yeah. satisfaction. Maybe, but the edge trimmer has this like audio sample, two like two audio samples of it, like revving up, going, and then revving down, <laughs> which I think is just the revving up sound played in reverse. Like it's just so <laughs> shit, dude. <laughs> This, this is wild. This is wild. You know, if we were recording the first episode of this podcast and we got a little portal into the future, into <laughs> just this? this previous 10 minutes, I would be like, we are making the right life choices. We have yeah. to carry on with this podcast. <laughs> totally. Um, yeah, that's that's very warm, warming. Um, but yeah, so uh, anyway, the, the whole point of it is to like get to the clear rate that the client wants you to, so they'll pay you the, the biggest amount. You probably mm-hmm. could do an, a half-assed job and get paid less, but everything in this game costs so much money, like everything. The mowers cost thousands of dollars and you get paid $120 for a lawn that took you an hour. Like it's just <laughs> maddening. I guess the, the idea is eventually you can like hire staff. They talk about that a little bit and you can like wow. get a shop and like, you know, send them out on jobs. And I don't know, you know, like if there's any control over the people that you hire or you just play them, you know, you just have a different skin. Right. The game is played in first person mode though, so it doesn't really matter what your guy looks like anyway. Oh my god. Um so yeah, you get pen- penalized for running over flowers, which is supremely easy to do. <laughs> you like lose ten dollars a flower or something like that. Um you have to like keep your materials or your um your tools upgraded or like you know, uh, what do you call it, repaired, which costs money. It's uh-huh. just like a bunch of like business costs that are like pretty dull to keep track of. Uh, and in, in the face of the capitalist hellscape that the lawnmower people apparently live in, it's just like <laughs> every tiny dollar is like a, a, a bullet in your guts. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, it's just not enjoyable at any point. Uh, wow. So 
Oh my god. I mean, that was very satisfying to me because this is the first time we've uh, retconned a game club game. Usually mm. we stick through it, you know, even if it's not up our alley or whatever. But yeah. this is the first time you've, you've come across something so vile that we needed to do a reroll. Yeah. Yeah. It just wasn't what I... I mean, I kind of hoped it would be either worse, so it would be like a really bad funny time, sort of like the room to talk about. Yep. Whereas, yep. whereas it's just such a rinse and repeat game with no, you know, with nothing joyous to be found. Mm. <laughs> it's just dull. It's oh just dull. God. Oh my god. Um, and it made while I was playing it, I was like, maybe I should mow the lawn. You know, like maybe I should actually <laughs> go and mow my lawn because that would be more enjoyable than playing this game. <laughs> Like, that's not a good place for a game to be when chores are appealing. Oh, yeah. Wow. Wow. It made chores appealing. There you yeah. go. I was going to, I was going to ask you for like your thoughts condensed into five words or less. Yeah. It yep. made chores appealing. That is, <laughs> that is my word. Mm. That's, that's like a seven out of 10 on IGN. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is like a 7 out of 10. I wonder what they <laughs> gave it. Um, anyway. Well, I uh, I will get into a bit of reviews in relation to uh, those experiential simulators, as you've coined them, a bit later. But do you want to hit me with some wings? Uh, yeah, for sure. I'll just qu quickly mention that uh, IGN reviewed Lawnmower Simulator. Actually, no, it's got a community review score of 7.3. There you go. Seven out of ten. It made chores appealing. To do the main story, it takes twenty-one hours. To do everything, it takes eighty-three hours. I can't imagine putting <laughs> myself through eighty-three hours of that noise. It's just the audio hellscape as well. Anyway, I'll, I'll end it with that. Let's go to the news corner, shall we? <laughs> You've just been completely deflated. Yeah. <laughs> the Lord Mower spiel. Yeah, uh. it's really done a doozy. <laughs> Oh man, uh, I'm just looking at screenshots of it now and it's giving me Vietnam style flashbacks. Here we go. First piece of news. Sega cancels Creative Assembly's hyenas. Um, so Sega is the publisher for Creative Assembly. Creative Assembly have been the studio that made the Total War series games. Uh, they also made Alien Isolation, believe it or not. Oh right, that's right. They came they came out of nowhere with Alien Isolation, and for some reason, keeping in mind, the game came out in twenty fourteen. For some reason, had this secret spice for the graphics yeah. in that game. I yeah. mean, they hadn't really released any graphically exceptional games, and then all of a sudden, like the graphics in that game still kick ass today. Totally, yeah. Um, I mean, Creative Assembly have done pretty good quality stuff for a long time in terms of animation especially like if you um ever look at like animation reels from people who worked at creative assembly they're always pretty they slap pretty hard right okay um, so anyway they were making a game called hyenas which was an extraction shooter mm -hmm. um so you know you run around a map you loot some stuff you shoot some dudes you steal their stuff and you get out sort of like mm -hmm. uh, escape from tarkov or a bunch of other games hunt showdown is an extraction mm -hmm. shooter Mm -hmm. um but yeah it's been it's been cancelled um by by sega so that's wow. kind of that news i don't really have much more to go on there uh, right any idea cancelled yeah totally any idea how long it's been in production um i don't know um 
That's a good question. Probably should have read more of the article before I... Uh... <laughs> no, that's okay. Like we said, Sunrise Edition. Yes, yes. Um, oh, they have a statement here. Oh, they have a, they have a full-on Twitter account for Hyena's game. Okay, well, that's something. That's, you yeah. know, that's not nothing to, to have been cancelled. Yeah, you know, like if you've announced, it feels so, yeah. If you've announced and you've got a Twitter account and you're like talking about the game, you're probably a decent amount of the way through, you know? Mm. Oh, that's heartbreaking. Yes, it sucks when projects get cancelled, especially because they hardly ever get cancelled for good reasons these days. Right. Uh, rip hyenas rip hyenas and i'm sorry to hear about that creative assembly i hope you are okay uh in further trash news epic games has laid off 870 employees uh, across multiple departments which is about 16 percent of their workforce in total whoa 16 percent it's massive uh, a bunch of people who are like contacts of contacts or, you know, second relation. What do you call it? Five degrees of separation, six degrees of separation. I can never remember what that is, but yeah, pretty, pretty close to me people mm -hmm. uh, and friends of the people who work at uh, where I work. Mm -hmm. uh, the, yeah, the, they, they got laid off. So, um, wow. Yeah. They got six months of severance, which is not, not, nothing to shake your gourd at, but um, mm -hmm. still, still sucks. Mm. Uh, especially in today's hellscape landscape where mm. it's hard to find work and mm. uh, especially in the US where there's like, yeah, it's, there's a lot of uncertainty in, in games right now, despite it being an absolute cracker year for releases. Right. There's just like hit places shutting down left and right. Far out. Isn't that wild? Because let's not forget how there was a gaming boom during the pandemic. Like, yeah. sure, there, there were chip shortages for consoles and that kind of thing. But, like, games as an industry was just raking in billions. So yeah. to come off the back of, of that time and just have all these layoffs, like, time yeah. and time again, you know, it feels like every couple of months we yeah. uh we get on here and talk about mass layoffs from some company that's just raking it in so yeah it is yeah it's really disappointing i mean make it make sense you know like that them mm. they're still raking in billions like i don't know mm. where that money is is going hello he used to come back from his walk and he just smiled at me <laughs> oh. uh yeah so i don't i don't really know like the the bonuses the CEOs continue to get every year pale in comparison to the salaries of the people who got laid off. It's just like, what the fuck's going on? Yeah. Uh, bring yeah. out the guillotines. I say, bring yeah. them out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Eat the rich. Uh, so yeah. Um, there's a quote here, um, from the CEO saying for a while now, we've been spending way more money than we earn investing it in the next evolution of Epic and Fortnite investing in the um, evolution. So yeah, their the plan is um, to sort of divest a bunch of um, their sort of side projects. You know, like when mm -hmm. they acquired um, uh, Rocket League, like they- Yeah. Yeah, so they, yeah. they've sort of shut down a lot of that studio. Uh, there's not much more happening as far as I'm aware with Rocket League. Wow. Yeah. That seems very strange. Yeah. Um, and they're focusing efforts and funding on um, their version of, uh, you know, like their version of the metaverse, metaverse inspired stuff, they're calling it, mm -hmm. which is like, yeah, a lot of their Fortnite stuff. Um, right. so yeah, that sucks. It's, it's like, you know, you, you'd think the, the purpose of buying all of these, 
studios would be to support them financially because it, it's like a broader catalog of you know d diverse content that you're creating just by mm. virtue of the fact that you now own them and you get to like mm. have that as part of your you know your what's it called the the spread of your investments and just to be like oh no we're actually not going to spread our investments we're going to just focus on what is one thing mm. is like kind of boneheaded to me yeah i mean it kind of mirrors what EA has historically done right where they like eat up these studios and then close them down so yeah. they like buy them after a promising IP release and then they close them down and it's just a bit like okay that's that strange behavior <laughs> yeah yeah it's like a money sucking activity you know it's like mm. a, put some money down and get our money back and then Shut it down, baby. We don't want that competition, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's really nasty stuff. Um, yeah. So, yeah, and it's kind of weird. Like, I was thinking about this the other the other day where it's like, <clears throat> it's it's kind of a shame that the end game for a lot of these companies, like small to medium companies, is to one day get bought out by one of the yeah. big boys you know it's like yeah. you, you work on a game you work on another game you get pretty famous you get you know a lot of acclaim and right as you're scaling up or have the potential to scale up, you get like this offer you can't refuse from mm. ea or from epic and it's mm. like well if we take this everyone who works here especially the upper the, the well, maybe not everyone the higher ups who work here are set for life and their children are set for life and mm. you know like how do we say no to mm. never having to worry about money again. Yeah. Um, so it's hard. It's a hard thing. I understand. And them saying yes. Um, I also feels bad. <laughs> feels bad. <laughs> but that's the end game, you know? It's like, that's, yeah, you yeah. Know, that's the best you can hope for. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, you got a topic? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. I mean, it was an emergency topic, right? Oh. Because you played Lawnmower Sim. And you had so much to say about it as, as we, uh, experienced earlier on this episode. Mm. And so I was like, oh, we got it. We got to capitalize on this. We got to talk about simulators. Um, Hell so, yeah. so yeah, the, the lawn mowing sim tragedy brought on this topic. Um, cool. so, you know, mad silver lining for yeah. that, uh, die roll on lawn mower sim. Mm. In the darkness, we have found the light. <laughs> yeah. So, oh man, this this is actually like always a big biscuit to take a bite out of. Um there there's just so many simulators out there. And we we like I've I've just kind of chosen little bits of its history to focus on cuz we got the originals like the Sims. Mm -hmm. Um but realistically the genre goes way back. Um, like if we consider the likes of resource management and sports games, mm. um, yeah, there's, there's quite a bit to go through, but what I wanted to focus on today is that brand of simulation game, uh, that like forgoes artistic style in lieu of realism. So that the, uh, the experiential, uh, simulator, so I'll ring off a brief history that kind of pertains to that. And then I want to talk through some of these simulators that I found because it's just, I mean, it's crazy. This, I, I, I've not really been privy to a lot of what's going on in, inside this genre. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's wild. The games you can play, Joe, are uh, a bit bonkers. 
Yeah, sure. Hell yeah, right. let's go. Let's let's all dive right. on into Simulator Town. <laughs> okay, all right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna paint a picture for you. I want I want you all to relax, sit back, close your eyes, unless you're driving. Uh, the year is 1964. John F. Kennedy is dead. The Beatles <laughs> have had a whopping 17 top 40 singles, and the very first simulation game is released. It's called the Sumerian Game. Have you heard of this? No. All right. So I I doubt anyone has heard of this. So th- this is a game that introduced resource management as a gameplay mechanic to the world. Mm-hmm. Um, initially to only 30 year six students, but at large the world. And so what you do in this game is you rule over uh, the city of Lagash, which is an ancient city, uh, w- which would be uh, in Iraq now. Um, and the year is 3500 BC. Mm. So this is some ancient shit. But basically, um, you allocate workers and you sow grain over three acts. And uh, during these acts, you'll react to like random disasters and technological innovations. Um, and you'll also have to like work around prior decisions. So if you chose to like sow a bunch of this grain, but not the other grain, and then in act two, like the weather turns and the grain that you prioritize doesn't do well in that weather, then you've mm. got to deal with that. Um, but yeah, this, this is all text-based. Uh, but like a lot of what makes a simulation game, a simulation game is present, right? Like you're, you're doing resource management. You're like, you, you have to think strategically about like the best, um, goal for the situation and the context. Um, but yeah, 1964, that, uh, as always, that went way further back than I was expecting when it came to simulation games. Yeah, nice. Um, and so jumping forward a bit, it wasn't until 1980 that simulation games evolved into the physical realm. Uh, and what I mean by that is I'm, I'm talking arcades, baby. So we got this game called Space Tactics, uh, released by Sega, uh, capitalist hellscape company Sega, uh, it was, so yeah, it was an arcade game and the interface simulated a cockpit. So, I mean, if you've been into any modern arcade, I feel like there are quite a, f- like quite a few games that'll, uh, you know, have really impressive interfaces with lots of levers and, and that kind of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But as, as far as I could find, this is like the first one. And so you like sit in front of it and it's like this big, I'll try and visualize it for you. It's like this big gray box but it's got like all these stickers and levers and buttons so it really does look like a cockpit Mm -hmm. and uh you interact with all these things to engage in space combat um which on the surface sounds pretty fucking sick uh but this is 1980 and so that shit looked like space invaders um so i can't tell you how good the gameplay was i uh yeah i could find videos of like the gameplay itself that like space invader style space combat but i couldn't actually find any videos of someone interacting with like the cockpit interface Mm -hmm. um but still i reckon that would have been half the fun yeah and uh yeah so after that in the mid 80s we we get a couple of releases that include simulator in the title 
So we get BMX Simulator, Grand Prix Simulator. Um, so we get sports games uh, catching on. And I think, I think that is a pretty important part of the, the whole simulator game history because to a large degree, sports games have always just tried to replicate real life, right? Mm. And it's, for, for sports games, it's usually been the graphics that have held them back. Um, especially in the eighties. I mean, if you guys have seen those like old NRL titles and it's just, it's just a bit of a mess. It's very hard to understand what's going on. Yeah. Like Um, squares moving across the screen that are supposed to be players (laughs) and a smaller square is the ball. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And like, there's all these mechanics that are just, you know, mirroring the rules in real life. And it's, yeah, it's, uh, Mm. it's, it's hard. It's hard to deal with. And so from the 80s until the early noughties, um, you, just got, you just got a million types of simulator. Uh, the genre exploded. And then, then you got the, the big puppies, right? You got Sims. Uh, you got Sim Ant, the biggest puppy of them all. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, and, you know, other stuff like Harvest Moon. But there's just, there's just too much to cover there. So we're going we're gonna to fast forward to 2008. The Mars Volta released Bedlam in oh. Goliath. Hell yeah, they do. <laughs> oh my God. It's fucking amazing. Uh-huh. Uh, Obama is elected as America's first black president. Farming Simulator is released. The Farming Simulator. Oh. And uh, I just, I just want to draw attention to this is 2008. Like you're out here playing GTA 4 fucking Dead Space. Come on, man. Like Farming Simulator was bringing the goods. <laughs> Um, literally bringing some goods <laughs> and so it uh it did not rank on any list of best-selling games i could find like 2008 farming simulator this is this is mythological status mm. um but it did not deter them from releasing a million fucking farming simulators over the last 15 years and so it wasn't a million it was 13 but 13 <laughs> 13 mainline games That's over 15 enough. years yeah. is no small amount and so um, we got the latest entry, Farming Simulator 22, that sold more than 1.5 million copies in its first week alone, uh, wow. which is huge. That is ridiculous. And it's really funny because if you, if you go to like Metacritic and you look at all these farming sim, uh, sims, they get panned um, and the play base just does not give a shit. So like, on Metacritic, this latest entry, it's got a score, a critic score of 75 and mm. a user score of 63. And in video game land, that's like a three or four out yeah, of 10. Yeah, low. Yeah. Um, but the fan base does not give a shit. They just, they eat it up. Um, it's also got an esports scene. What the uh, heck? It's crazy. I, I, I went deep on the esports scene. They've so- got like, what do you actually do in Farming Simulator? Okay, in, in Farming Simulator, you like the they've got like the regular mode, which is like the lifestyle mode, and then the esports mode. So the lifestyle mode is literally just running a farm. Um, but from what I could see, it doesn't really include animal care. Right. Um, and I could be wrong because a lot of what I saw was that 2008 version. So it's, it's probably updated quite drastically since then um but it's like sowing grain uh milling grain making hay 
and uh, <laughs> they've they've really uh, stripped it back for the esports though. So right. like they've they've got seasonal maps and stuff for for esports, um, and it's it's really interesting. They've got they've got two teams on the same map, right? So from what I could see, it was like two teams of three, and uh, you're all in tractors or whatever. And you, you've got to go and score points by, like, harvesting grain and delivering hay bales. And that's mm-hmm. it. And uh, right. there's been over half a million dollars in prize pools. Oh, my God. With farming sims. So this, this is no small community. Um, yeah, I wonder, I wonder if there are people out there where, where competitive farming sim is their job. I hope it is. This um, looks. I'm looking at some screenshots of Farm Simulator. That's pretty much exactly how I imagined it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, look. I I think it is worth saying that all of these games have a commonality in a couple of things that make them real trashy. So mm-hmm. all the music for these games sounds like it came from the same library. Yeah, it's like that free-to-use butt-rock library. Right, right. And all the all the UI design looks like it's fucking, I don't know, pre-Windows 95. Mm-hmm. Like, it's always grey, square. It's like, um, like the clinical style of Bauhaus, but, like, not artistic at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's got... Uh, it, you know what it reminds me of a lot is, like, early App Store games you know they yes. had that kind of like rounded button vibe <laughs> yeah yeah exactly and so since the introduction of farming simulator in 2008 like they've just exploded with experiential games which is uh, a term we're coining you know this is Hell ground yeah. zero on this podcast for that term because it, it was impossible to find a term that precisely identifies the type of game we're talking about. Mm. Um, and so what I wanted to do is just, uh, I watched a bunch of trailers and it was really fun watching a bunch of wacky trailers for some of the like weirder contemporary games in this genre. And, uh, yeah, I just want to describe some to you so you can, you can tell me your, your take because some of them, some of them, and look, I was going to say they sound really good, but that's the curse of the experiential simulator, right? They, they kind of all sound good, especially if you describe them. They sound amazing if you describe them, but in reality, <laughs> when I get there and I'm sitting down, am I going to be engaged? Who's yeah. to say? Yeah. Who's to say? Um, yeah, so I watched all these trailers. Most of them have questionable animation along with all that like UI music stuff we just talked of. Um, but some of them have truly outstanding graphics, like graphics that just stick out because everything else is so devolved, but the graphics are realistic as hell. Hell yeah. Let's, uh, let's hear what the simulators are. <laughs> All right. So, um, the first one I got here is called the bus and <laughs> the bus, the bus. Yeah. It's a hyper-realistic bus trip through Berlin during golden hour uh it's in development it sounds pleasant that's all you do you just sit on a bus and the dev team were real proud of uh of what they'd done you know Mm. the the one-to-one version of berlin they'd created 
and uh, yeah, I mean, I've I've been to Berlin. I might I might pay for a for a golden hour virtual bus trip. Hell yeah! Um, there's also a bus simulator. I'm realizing. No, 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 Joe. I need you to sit back, close your eyes. <laughs> trust me. There are so many simulators. Why, why do they all have the same, uh, like logo design? They've all right. got the same logo. Are they all made by the same team? Potentially. This this could be some kind of fucked like f- money farming system. Yeah. You know, where these these people just get addicted to like the kind of straightforward mechanics and the chill factor. But in reality, you've got this one company raking in millions. Yeah. Yeah. This is very strange stuff. <laughs> so it goes, it goes deeper. It, it should be said though, a lot of, um, in fact, all of these games, except maybe one, uh, share that logo that you're speaking of. Okay. Um, so, so a lot of these games I'm going to mention are just indie baby. Okay. Um, all right. So, but, but yeah, if you, if you were like Googling along as I talk, like I'll say one and you'll be like, oh, there's like 40 simulators about that. Yeah. And like, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so I tried to fish for, for the unique ones that would, uh, okay. were not made by the same company. Sure. And speaking of fishing, we got Fish Keeper. So I mean, you're you're basically in an apartment and you design an aquarium and keep fish. The detail, uh, the attention to detail is astonishing in this one. Um, you know, like you, you build the, you choose the glass, the plywood, you put your little wow. coral in there. Um, and something that was really cool about this one that I think, uh, is kind of the point of video games like this, because it gives you, uh, kind of a perspective you're not able to see in real life is that you can turn tiny and go into the fish tank, fish tank and do this cool, like first person view where all the fish and all the like coral and stuff is really big. Yeah. I, I feel like that is the ultimate dream of fish owners is to be amongst the fish. <laughs> like they really did at the tomb, you know, well, like that's, well, that's what they dreamed of and they've done it. Like that actor in the Simpsons, Troy McClaw, you know, how he like literally sleeps with the fish. <laughs> yeah, <I don't> <laughs> yes. Yes, I do. He has the bedroom that's like filled with like uh, an aquarium. Yeah. Oh, yes. Such a good joke. Um, (laughs) all right. So what else we got? Oh, uh, I got one here. House flipper. And, um, this, this, oh, have you heard of this one? I know about house flipper. Yeah. It's quite a, quite a well-known one. No shit. Okay. Yeah. So because I'm just out of the loop, all of these were kind of on equal footing for me. So that's, that's cool. That's cool that this one is well known. I mean, it it should be said in the trailer that the budget was a bit higher than some of these other ones, but Basically, you buy a house and then you renovate it and uh, it seemed quite involved. You know, this isn't like some Animal Crossing happy home designer thing where you like pick up the table and put it over here. Like you're in first person with a sledgehammer, like taking down walls and stuff. Mm, Yeah. Um, and yeah, I can, you know, that, that looked cool. Again, the animations look sketchy as hell and the, and the graphics in this one were not, uh, were not on par with some of these others, but, uh, I'm sure there's an audience out there for that. 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah, this one was quite popular a little while ago, I think with streamers and YouTubers and stuff. Like it was a it was a game that a lot of those guys played. Right, right. And, and it should be said farming sim, that's a huge one for streaming. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah, god. It's farming sim is huge. I had I had no idea like it's big on Twitch. It's got this esports thing. That's I mean, crazy. one 1.5 million copies in one week. Mm. Uh that's they a even lot. got a they got a mobile game that they released in um, 2020, it's got an audience score on Metacritic of 2.2. It, <laughs> it is not very good. Um, oh, God. Uh, all right, moving right along. We got, uh, we got Model Builder. And from what I could tell, this one had a narrative. So, like, you're left a workshop and you build planes and trains and stuff in, in your workshop. And it's got that, uh, man, how am I going to describe this? So if you guys have ever seen, uh, like action figures from Japan or even a really, uh, kind of mm, complicated board game with a lot of pieces, oh, yeah. you, you, you get these big sheets and you've got to pop all the plastic parts out yes, of these yes, sheets. Yes. Yes. Right. So, so in this model builder, you've got your like table surface and you, you, you go through the whole process of like unboxing a model plane and you pop through all the bits and, oh you know, you glue, like this one seems quite involved and I would argue impossible with the controller. I think yeah. you need the precision of the mouse to, to paint and glue and stuff. Yeah. Right. Um, but, but cool to see one with a bit of a, a narrative. Um, we got NIMBY Rails. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so this one I had to shout out because uh, the trailer was excellent. Probably the most budget trailer of all of them. And, uh, you know, it starts off that canned music and it just has this text that says, express your strong opinions on rail networks. Oh my God. You know better than politicians. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the scope of this one is pretty sick. So it's got the whole world, the, just the, the earth, and you can start to build rails in literally any city. Wow. Um, and, and it looks like um, in uh, a lot of European cities and including Melbourne, uh, when you get on a train, there's like a coloured, um, not to ratio version of the train uh, map. Yeah, yeah. And, and um, this looks like that, but it is to ratio. You're actually building the stations and the lines over the top of, say, London or, yeah. or where, wherever you want to go. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that one looks cool. And I liked that you could just literally go anywhere in the world to start building. How do they, um, maybe you don't know this from just watching the trailer and stuff, but how do they know how much use the rail gets, you know, like, is it based off population numbers and daily travel figures? Like how are they, that's a great question. From, I mean, let me tell you, I watched the whole trailer. Um, but it really just seemed about the design of the rail and not right. like the practicability of it. Like right. I didn't see any like passenger numbers or anything like that. Yeah. And I, I actually have seen a couple of these 
these uh, train simulator slash strategy games where mm-hmm. it, very, it very much is about efficiency and punctuality and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I didn't really see that in this one. I just wanted to give it a shout out because those those opening quotes really grabbed me. <laughs> yeah. um, all right, this next one could be a bit of a big one. We're on to the second last one. Cool. Uh, we got PC building simulator. Oh yeah, I know about this one too. Right. So, I mean, from what I could tell, this one does what it says on the tin. Uh, but the real pull, at least for me, if I were to consider playing something like this, is the realism. So you can actually learn how to put together different parts and manage voltage and, and heat and cooling and stuff mm. um, based on what's in this game. So I thought that was pretty cool. And obviously I've not tested that to, to know if it's true or not, but it would be really cool if people were out there using this as like a visual learning tool to put together a PC because I mean the the big pull of this game is the realism but it's also just the sheer amount of parts available yeah Yeah. um and and it would be kind of cool to like buy a bunch of parts in real life and then boot up this game and see if you can like do a one-to-one and it all works yeah it's awesome um all right final experiential sim that i saw that i wanted to uh bring up for your hot take we got workshop simulator and uh this is quite different to the other one that i talked about where you the model simulator where you do the models uh this is one where you play as a grandpa and you (laughs) fix you fix things that your grandson breaks oh my god and uh it's got oh the animation in this just just makes you crawl inside your your snail shell it's it's so bad but it's also so good and uh yeah your grandson just breaks a bunch of shit and like you know he brings you this moldy old plane that you broke and you don't just fix it like you pull it apart you reset everything you give it a fresh paint job um but I mean sexist much, like down with the patriarchy. Where's workshop grandma? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> oh my God. Yes, yes. We love this. We love this. <laughs> that's it. That's, that's it. That's, that's my simulator spiel. I got a brief history and just a bunch of random simulators that I had no idea there was a market for. Yeah, there's a lot. And I, yeah, there's a lot of simulators out there. Um, and it's even like, sometimes where do you draw the line a little bit with simulators? Like, is like Kerbal Space Program a simulator? Probably, right? Oh, like it simulates sure. like the taking off of the rockets and you got to do it right. I mean, at worst, it's a physics simulator. Yeah. Yeah. Then yeah, like there's other games, like even Armored Core where you're like dealing with power and you know weight and stuff like that like that's getting a little bit simulatory but not really it's all just in the stats right mm, um, but it has it has those resource management tendrils you yes. know you've, you've got to you've got to manage your money and your energy and all that kind of stuff yeah yeah and then there's another one i wanted to shout out which i've seen a friend of the pod ash play uh called oh, yeah. gas station simulator gas station <laughs> yeah this one's pretty cool. It's a bit story-based as well. It's like you uh, inherit your grandfather's or something like that uh, gas station uh-huh. and uh, you find out that he owes a bunch of money to the mob and they kill oh. him 
Oh my god. <laughs> and then they threaten your life, uh, and then you have to turn this shoddy gas station around into profitability. And uh yeah, you know, you like paint the outside and you like um order stock for the shelves and people pull up in their cars and you like fill up their car for them, you know, US US style where you know, in Australia, where you have to do it yourself, but they have, like, attendants and stuff in the US to come and fill up your car for you. Sure, sure. Um, and, yeah, there's, like, all sorts... It's, like, it's been alpha, I think, for the longest time, or beta or whatever, and, like, I think it's still getting developed. Like, I'm seeing screenshots of, like, UFOs coming to the gas station. What the fuck? All sorts of cool stuff. Wow. So. See, that? that's kind of going beyond the scope of the exper- experiential simulator, right? A lot yeah. of... A lot of what I just talked to, like in every one, the weather is perfect. Like it's golden hour. You've got just the right amount of light to see your fish or model your plane. That yeah, that sounds like there are some stresses. I mean, death and UFOs. That's uh, imagine if actually if lawn mowing sim had death and UFOs, it'd probably be a lot better. <laughs> um, there is also I wanted to shout out. Speaking of experiential simulators, these there's this YouTuber slash programming genius called Angie the Great. Oh Angie yeah, that Great. rings a bell. That rings a bell. And, and he has gone to great lengths. Um, <laughs> I think I might be talking about the right guy. Yeah, it's Angie the Great. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, sorry. No, it is the right. There is the right guy. He's been going to these great lengths to like program from the ground up um, audio simulation for car engines and the sort. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And so it's all done in code, um, literally like line by line. And he'll like simulate the noise that, you know, the air pressure inside of a valve will, or inside of a piston or whatever will make as it exits through the top of the camshaft, you know, like, and it, it, it does that by X amount of pressure on the rotation of whatever, you know, it's like all these things that, that he's simulated to get this amazing sounding and you can like change, you know, how many, um, like what is it a V8? And then he like can like plug in the number of uh, of engine parts that it takes to to simulate that, or is it like? And you can just put in infinite, you know, like <laughs> just change it to sound as as crazy as you want. Wow. Um, and so that to me, that's kind of the joy of the simulator, you know, like getting down into the nitty gritty, um, right? Where like you spend all of your dev budget on this one thing <laughs> you know it's like <laughs> the the physics on the object or the um the sound of the engine or the yeah the water spraying against the dirty wall or you know whatever it is it's like there's one thing that you got to pick um mm. that for me is is the kind of the juice of the the simulator type game um, and yeah, yeah i kind of just wish that like if you were to be even just edging lawns doing the edge edge trimming like that feeling of like you know, the sound of the engine or like even if it's just an electric one, the whir of the little blade and when it, the way that it slows down when it comes into contact with the floor, like all that stuff is like, you know, it's it's sort of like art. It's like the same as animation. Like you look at something and you observe it and you like try to put your spin on the recreation of it. And it's like, it's, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. That's very well said. Yes. That's well, thank you well for bringing, bringing that, that smattering of very unusual and some that I've <laughs> never heard of simulation games. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, shout out if, if any of y'all have heard or played these. I would, I would love to hear your experience. I 
I gotta say, I'm actually pretty keen on the bus, the uh, realistic trip through Berlin. I think that could be really cool. Yeah, I mean, if you play it, let me know and I'll, I'll watch along with you. <laughs> yeah, sweet, yeah. I mean, that's that's one of those things that you could you could really go crazy with. Like, imagine if that was a success. All of a sudden, you'd be like, all right, we've got a development plan of 40 new cities, you know, <laughs> like that could be your life's work. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, there's been a lot of interesting stuff happening recently with like digital recreation, you know, like the photo scan library stuff. And mm -hmm. there's this new technique called Gaussian splatting, which is like basically you film a video and it recreates the the lighting of the the area and the models of the area kind of one-to-one -one in oh. like super realistic detail which has been really interesting to look at it's all like ai assisted and stuff um cool. yeah the, the land for you know hyper real simulators is ripe all we have to do <laughs> is sow our grain <laughs> what would the gameplay loop for it's almost the weekend podcast simulator oh look no like? <laughs> <laughs> oh man i mean you uh you sit at your desk <laughs> <I don't know>. <laughs> <laughs> you procrastinate for one week and yeah. then you get on really early in the morning and yeah. for the best <laughs> oh, for the best just go in swinging you uh you try not to make a bunch of noise into the microphone but inevitably <laughs> do you know there's like a little noise like every uh every time you bump up against the desk or like yeah touch yeah your keyboard or whatever like it uh yeah that that brings down the darian satisfaction meter <laughs> Yeah, you've got to, like, mash the A button to not fidget. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or it's like a quick time event. Like you've got to, like, hold A and then the right trigger and then B all at once. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Um, yes, that, that would be the simulator. That's a great idea. <laughs> no, no, Jack, that's a terrible idea. In the face of lawn mowing simulator, everything's a great idea. <laughs> oh my god! All oh, right, yeah. well, that's that's all I got. Are we are we are we shutting this one down? Yeah, let's finish it up. Take us out. <laughs> Hell yeah! We hope you'll have a really lovely weekend, and we'll catch you when it's almost the weekend again. Bye. Bye.